you guessed it, it's another MicroConf podcast episode. This is a MicroConf refresh episode where we look back at the best talks from the past 10 years of MicroConfs. Today's talk is about filling your lobby with partners that can refer your SaaS. And it doesn't literally mean your lobby because a lot of us work from home and don't have a lobby. But the idea is how partnerships can help you in the early days, especially build your SaaS company. And this is from Leo Barrientos of LexGo.cl. They're a tiny seed batch three company. And this is from MicroConf Remote, which happened earlier this year in March of 2021. But before we dive into that, MicroConf Local in Boston is happening right now. And hopefully you didn't miss out. Hopefully you've been listening to the MicroConf podcast and heard me mention that we are doing in-person MicroConfs right now. We're social distancing. We're taking a lot of precautions around it. But next Wednesday, we're doing MicroConf Local in Austin, Texas on September 29th. We do still have a few tickets left for that. So you can head to microconf.com and look for our in-person events link if you want to buy a ticket. I will be there. Producer Xander will be there. And hopefully, you know, we'll see you. And the week after, we are in lovely Dubrovnik, Croatia. Hope to see you at MicroConf Growth in Europe. It's at an amazing venue with a view of the Adriatic Sea. Honestly, if you have not been to Dubrovnik and are looking for an excuse to get there, this is it. This is the third and final year we will be running MicroConf Europe in Croatia. So hope to see you there, microconf.com, if you're interested. And with that, let's dive into the talk, fill your lobby with partners that can refer your SaaS. Our next uh, keynote is from Leo Barrientos. He is the co-founder and CEO of LexGo. It's at lexgo.cl, which is legal services for modern companies. That's at least the translation I get um, when I look at their homepage. <laughs> it's Servicios Legales para Empresas Modernas. That's as bad as my Spanish is. Um, but yeah, Leo, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and so just so folks know, um, Lexco has two sides to the business model, but you are, I mean, you're focused on uh, being a legal SaaS app and you do have some one-off kind of consulting and contract work that you, or it's not consulting or contract, it's just legal work that you outsource to some partners, um, but you're focused on South America and uh, there you do have a, a large component of your business is the subscription that people pay just to have access to documents and signing and filling out completing uh, documents in your app. Yep, exactly. Um, what we felt is that at least for the time being, um, if you want to power up your subscription model, um, you'll need for as a last resource for our users to get in contact with lawyers to um, just learn how to use the proper documentation for all sorts of uh, different processes. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to for us to have that access while we push, uh, you should be using our SaaS because it's cheaper, easier, faster than just use regular uh, lawyers. Excellent. All right, so let's dive in. You're going to be talking today about partnership marketing and really how you, in the early days of LexGo, because now you have you have uh, quite good traction. I mean, you and I have spoken, um, you know, offline about your revenue and and how everything's going. But partnership marketing was really how you got your kickstart. So, if uh, producer Xander, if we can bring up uh, Leo's slides, and we will start to roll through it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as Rob said, uh, we are nowadays an automated legal service for startups. Um, what we try to do is enable founders to complete all of their legal processes that their company needs much faster and a fraction of the cost of lawyers. Also, how we did that is just automating tons of legal workflows 
Uh, so founders can incorporate their company in different countries of the world, hire their employees, and do even some fundraising rounds uh, through the platform without having to pay the premium that uh, usually is involved while working with lawyers. So, uh, but of course, our product wasn't like that at the beginning. Um, what we did, uh, I, I would say that uh, by the beginning, we were some sort of Avodox, uh, which is a YC company, with an Adam Stripe Atlas. And what I mean with Adam Stripe Atlas is that we automated all the legal paperwork, but of course, all the registration process wasn't in order, just because we wanted to test who will be the real users of uh, Blackscow at the beginning. And um, actually, we did this while we were in the Startup Chile program uh, back in 2017. And we quickly came out with uh, three. main problems. Uh, at the beginning, Let's Go was a B2C uh, platform. So we were focused on consumers that, I, I don't know, they have one or two legal problems each year and that's that. Uh, so we actually spend much more money than what we get from uh, selling to them. And the other typical problem that we have is that it was very difficult for us to qualify each of the new users that we have in the platform um, because we were able to acquire from solopreneurs to small businesses into tech companies and medium to big companies, which was insane because the product was built for consumers. But you can tell that there was a huge need of a product like Let's Go. Um, and, and I think very connected to this point is that small and medium businesses don't face the same uh, legal challenges that a startup will face. So legal spending on this uh, on legal uh, was very different between uh, each of these companies, uh, which uh, at the beginning of a new company was very difficult uh, to say which of the futures or products shall we focus in order to move forward. Um, and this is and the interesting part is that. While we were in Startup Chile, the funding from Startup Chile was very small. Um, it's, I remember by my time it was like 20, uh, 25,000 um, with a small investment from, from First Angel. So we were covering like our tech team and our on the founder salaries for the beginning, and we didn't have too much money um, in order to just sell Let's Go. Uh, so we had to come up with an, a strategy to acquire new users almost on a free, almost free. Uh, so we take advantage of that we were going through the program. We have uh, Startup Chile by that time had a batch of, I don't know, 60 to 80 companies, and they were the first focus of our users. Like, okay, please let me know uh, if LexGo is working for you, what you're expecting from LexGo. And we knew that uh, this was a huge problem for Startup Chile. Um, uh, most incubators and accelerators, especially the ones that work with international companies, have a very hard time dealing with the soft landing of those companies in the country, and how to structure subsidiaries around the world, how to comply with local regulation, etc. So for, for, for us, it was very natural to go into that place and tell them like, hey, I can take care of this problem for you, um, and I can act as a partner, uh, so I can offer you up some sort of discount, discounted price on our services in order to deal with all of your portfolio companies that are coming to Chile. And from the from the from the user perspective, there was uh, I really like this bundle products in which that you arrive to Chile or the U.S. or, or whichever other country, and there's a company that can help you not only with incorporating uh, what you need to go through this program, but also just complying with all of the details of accounts and taxes, etc. So um, that's that's why we created very quickly this uh, sort of straight up class for Chile. Um, all of our revenue in the six 
eight months of, of, of like scope came from this. Um, uh, very straightforward. And I, and I, I will say that like version two, like, which was the process of going from a V2C to a V2V platform, was but it was almost entirely focused on helping these uh, companies and startups build their their companies around the world and scale their operation through through the region. Um, so um, and maybe uh, for those who don't know how Stripe Atlas work, uh, maybe uh, this is some difference uh, with with Lexco Global, which is our incorporation product, is that. We just wanted to offer an easy way to incorporate international startups in the in the markets they need to to be operating. Uh, so the product not only includes company incorporation, but also goes with accounting and taxes and some banking solutions. Um, and all of these products are and services are controlled through the Lexco platform. Um, so um, this was very interesting because. Not only this was the the, fir the first way to acquire a bunch of clients, but also if you did a good job with them, they will refer you to new, to new uh, clients and other founders who are working on the same kind of, of issues. And there's like a, a virtuous cycle in which the word of mouth help us acquire all of, of our new clients. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop so in here, Leo. Um, yeah. I love it. You know, there's a couple learnings already that may not even directly relate to partnerships, but one is you started B2C because a lot of us, that's our exposure as consumers and we're going to build a startup and why don't we serve consumers? And a lot of us find that that's, you know, it's not a never do, but it's a, my guidance is that 80, 90% of the time, if you really do want to do this and you want to build a sustainable, ambitious, you know, SaaS product without raising a bunch of funding, um, usually B2B is, is the way to go. Uh, the other thing is you found out pretty early, um, or, or I love I love the way you said that your early version of Lexgo was was Avodocs plus Stripe Atlas, and you didn't mean that you combined those two. You meant that that's what the platform essentially did. Like you you looked elsewhere yeah. into a separate market, which was the you know really the U.S. market, and you said, well, that exists in the U.S., so why can't it exist you know for South American countries? Um, and then I love the. Uh, really the the focus that we're about to dive into um, on partnerships. So I'll let you continue from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the, like the, the, the cool thing about the whole process is that actually our, our own users tell us why we should be building. Um, and the necessity was very clear. While in the V2C market, you could tell that the market wasn't big or mature enough to, to, uh, to want it to uh, have access to these kind of solutions. Um, so, so uh, as, as I was speaking, uh, the, the, this first partnership with Startup Chile make a lot of sense for us, and they were actually very relieved that they can count on Let's Go to solve the issue for the portfolio companies. And what we did is just trying to replicate the same model for every local incubator and accelerator that uh, that we could estimate they have the same problem, and they did. Um, they were working with some of them with other law firms, but we go back to the same problem, the regional problem, right? Lawyers are too expensive. I don't want to spend the premium that I need to in order to incorporate very standard companies, implement very standard paperwork, and so on. Um, so after working with all of the local and incubators and, and accelerators, you could tell that Lexgo was transitioning to some sort of company management in a box. Uh, we were not only dealing with how you solve the legal issue of your company, but also how you comply with all of the obligations that comes with opening a, a company and then having a presence in all of the countries. So, um, and this is how we went to uh, uh, our second, I will say, series of partnerships that make a lot of sense to us. It was that um, because we didn't want to spend time on 
uh, building a product that wasn't core to the core experience, wasn't core and was like uh, our main base of what the Lexco product should do, is that we had to complement our product with auxiliary complementary services like accounting, taxes, banking, etc. Just just in order to have this uh, comp company management in box, right? Um, so um, this was cool because not only we were achieving having a more robust product that solves all of the issues that uh, founders were facing, but also uh, you could tell from the beginning that this is, of course, could be a great channel of acquisition for us, uh, just because if we are sending our, our users to have access to accounting, SaaS, uh, some taxes, com tax compliance, banking solution, etc., they could do the same for us, right? Uh, whenever uh, users from these companies were facing legal issues, uh, our great way to to solve them in order to provide their final services was sending them to Luxgo because we can take care of all legal paperwork, uh, advice that is needed, etc. Um, right. And so, if I can pop in here, um, you know, I think a key here is that you found uh, an aspirin pain. You know, aspirin versus yes. vitamin, right? It's not, hey, maybe someday you need some legal protection. It's like right now you need to incorporate or you need uh, an IP agreement for your employees or you need, um, you know, hiring agreements, just whatever you need. And, and you know that a lot of these companies, pretty much all the companies need it. And it's too expensive and it's too cumbersome and referring people out to law firms is a pain. And so these partners, these you're saying value-added partners, they're, um, these accelerators constantly say, I mean, we see it with Tiny Seed. We just constantly see this need for companies that have to do the same thing over and over. And so when you engage these partners, um, they it was just an obvious like, oh, if you can take this pain away from our companies, you take this pain away from us, right? And I think that's a key part of the story. Yeah, I think that's completely right. Um, and maybe just giving an example makes a lot of sense. So for example, we work with a Chilean startup that is called Book. They do uh, payroll services uh, as a SaaS too. And of course, uh, they don't provide any kind of legal uh, advice about how you fire, how you, um, I don't know, how you deal with certain situations while working with your employees. So the product uh, came to some sort of deadlock when their users uh, had that problem. So they asked Book like, hey, how can I fire? What kind of uh, justification I can do to do so? In, in most of South American countries, maybe in some framework about this, you need a justification in order to fire someone. You can do it right away or you'll pay some fine and, and higher amounts that you should. So, um, of course, they, they couldn't provide a service um, because we were already working in that partnership. We said like, hey, why we don't do it? Just with add a button that helps you very quickly to ask advice to the Lexicope team about this. And they, they will inform what's the best cost uh, for firing an employee through your platform and you can calculate everything and do the whole process through Brook. So that made a lot of sense because they weren't able to provide their service properly because they were missing uh, that kind of legal advice. So, um, of course, with every one of these SaaS companies that make a lot of sense working together, what we did is, of course, we offer discounted prices to each other and, uh, and also these integrations that helps you to offer a more robust product just because the whole ex experience for the end use is much better when I can solve everything that I need, even legal, accounting, or taxes in the same platform of, of each of our companies. Um, and that's what we call, that's what we said that we are provo pro providing a solution to a need um, just to making those platforms better and it's the same for the Lexco case. Um, so, uh, and the cool thing is that because uh, even today, we have a very limited technical team, is that we can focus on the things that make us very powerful against competition, but 
because we know there is a huge pain about uh, dealing with all the things that are related to managing your company, we needed to do those integration of partnerships in order to um, just provide a product that solves uh, the, 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 the pain in, in its integrity. Um, and, and I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, um, a specific partnership that we did with Clay, which is uh, the first partnership we close. Um, the Clay is a, a Chilean startup also that they offer accounting as a software as a service solution. Um, and of course, as I was saying, we offered a discounted price of, of cloud service when you uh, buy Lexco Global or you hire any of our uh, certain subscription plans in the, in the platform. And of course, we integrate with them um, it's, I don't know, from sales contracts that you sign and create in Lexgo, but also um, some payroll features, et cetera. And, this, and of course, what we negotiate with them is that if we're going to be an important channel of acquisition for you, we would like to have a certain percentage of the subscription plans we help you close. Um, and I think even for the time being, it's 5% of whatever they pay for them. Um, and at the same time, not only we refer clients to Clay, they also did with us because, uh, for example, um, there was a lot of issues with some tax planification or how to uh, count some, I don't know, from safe convertible notes, which is which everyone who, who has dealt with this know they're a little tricky to manage from accounting and tax pers perspective. They didn't know how to deal with them. Uh, so, of course, uh, whenever Clay users need some sort of tax or legal advice about how to deal with uh, their companies, they refer us directly to Lexgo and we offered either a project or one of our subscription plans if they make sense to them. And um, like we said before, this makes a lot of sense because we were both feeling this pain of not having access to, in the case of Lexgo, accounting services that complement our, our solutions. And in the, case, in the case of them, they weren't able to offer their plans because they have some deadlocks about tax and legal advice. Um, so uh, and this was pretty cool because with just partnerships that make a lot of sense to our product. I think last year we got like 4,000K on revenue just for this uh, referrals. Um, so it's it's incredible how they can add a lot of your uh, MRR or ARR. Um, just having someone who helps you provide a good product and also uh, it's a great acquisition channel for you and like a, a little revenue just for doing that effort. And I think you can do that with terms of uh, other companies that make sense to partner with. Um, I think nowadays we have expanded to a lot of other things like um, visas to different countries. Um, of course, uh, we, we partner with Amazon uh, Web Services, um, Stripe helping, uh, I don't know, South American companies that need to do a flip swap to the US and then they need to deal with uh, manage, uh, legal management of a US company, which is the same case as US or foreign uh, founders coming to South America. So I, I would love to uh, just make Lex go the platform in which you know you can deal with everything that uh, goes with company management as you scale your operational uh, through the world. And I don't know, Rob, uh, if you want to get into this or we should just speak about some specifics, but I just wanted to show you about this couple of uh, cases in which um, punishes were very effective. Um, of course, if, uh, if I start speaking about every one of them that we know that we could say like for another 30 minutes. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of examples. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if uh, let's see if there are any questions from the audience. I'm uh, checking Zan, producer Xander, you can send me any questions that come up. Um, I 
do you have a question for you? So what kind of, I, I guess, you know, obviously uh, Startup Chile was the first partnership that you had, and then you added additional accelerators after that, right? Yeah. And have you been, do you feel like the results from the initial partnership, because obviously you had a unique relationship with Startup Chile and that they decided that you were, they, they gave you some funding. I mean, it's a small amount of funding, but um, that makes it easier to to have a partnership. You still solved the desperate need they had and they wouldn't have used you as a, as a customer or a referral if, if you didn't solve that. Do you feel like, um, that, that one feels like a no-brainer and an easy one to close. Were the other partnerships you were attempting to close, were they harder because, you know, there was more perhaps distance because uh, other accelerators hadn't given you funding. And so it was really a traditional business development uh, relationship that you had to build. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and and the whole experience with Startup Chile could give you a lot of insight about what were the challenges that our accelerators were facing, which are, I think, the same. Uh, first of all, they don't, they don't really know how to deal with international companies. So, and those services are quite expensive, um, especially because of that. Um, so, of course, some of these accelerators had partnership with other law firms or lawyers, but the pricing was way too high for for their portfolio companies. So, when you offered them an automated solution that could scale very quickly, um, of course, they would have access to legal advice if needed. But they, they just have like an, an initial pricing that makes sense for companies that have that are just starting. Um, so it wasn't uh, difficult for us at all to close those partnerships because, first of all, Startup Chile was like a, a good branding Chile, the most famous accelerator by far. Um, so just working with them and we're part of the last batch for them was like, I don't know, a good sign for the rest of them. And just because we understand the problem very uh, clearly and we had a, a solution which which its price make a lot of sense for the for startup founders. Um, because what they were telling us is that when they work with their law firms is that, okay, they'll give them a proposal, which was, I don't know, six times more expensive than using any of the Lexco products. And okay, so founders decided not to solve that issue. So uh, they, 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 as the accelerator still had that problem with the portfolio company. They know they have them, they know expensive, and the founders just decided not to deal with that. This happens a lot, at least in South America. Um, and this is why you have huge uh, legal expenses when you try to flip swap companies into the US just because you need to deal with capital that are a mess, documentation that is not in order, et cetera. Um, so uh, I don't know, like the fit was just way too perfect. Um, and now the, the problem was yet how we reach all the uh, accelerators and incubators, not only Chile, but the rest of South America that are facing similar challenges. Right. All right. We do have some questions coming in. Justin Kistner asked, how do you find potential partners? What are the key parameters you think about when forming a partnership agreement? I actually want to weigh in on that real quick just to give people a mental framework that I've used. Um, there are referral partnerships, which is what you've talked about, where you provide so much value that they can't get anywhere else or that they get it anywhere else. It's really expensive that it's just a no brainer for them to refer people to you. And those are unique. There aren't a lot of them, but if you can if you can do what you've done and feel such a desperate need in the market, that's that's a great way to go. The second time, uh, second type I think of is an integration partner where you have to write some code, and you know yeah. the traditional thought process is you integrate with Zapier or you integrate with we you know we integrated with PipeDrive and uh, and what Basecamp and you know and then you get on there or Stripe and you get on their little uh, you try to get them to promote you try to get on their app list. That's the second kind. Uh, the third kind 
there can be the third kind is kind of a subset of the first one that you do where they take an affiliate commission. You event you eventually pay yeah. essentially pay them a 10%, 20%, 30% kickback for referring you. That's pretty common as well. And the last one that I've done is called a joint venture partnership where you say, hey, we're complementary tools or complementary applications, and we're each going to email our customer list, email our marketing list, and we're not going to do affiliate revenue. We're just going to, I'm just going to say, hey, we use your tool and we like it. And you say the same thing. And hopefully you're being honest when you say that, but then, you know, you just get to, to keep the spoils. So those are kind of the three slash four uh, partnership things that I've seen. Um, so just so people have a mental model, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, the the type you've talked about. But the back to the question is, how do you find potential partners? And I'd love to hear your thoughts first, and then you know I can weigh in if there's if there's other thoughts. Yeah, I think we did all of the formulas you just spoke about, so we tried them all. Um, how you find these partners? Um, actually, because we knew from 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 the beginning that Startup Chill had this problem, we went. Uh, straight to all the local and, and accelerators and incubators to do the same. Um, then, of course, you start analyzing, okay, if this kind of organization have this problem, what what kind of other legal problems other organizations have? Um, and of course, uh, and this is interesting because we've dealt with um, other, I don't know, uh, organization of companies that are not tech companies or are small medium businesses, um, some pro bono organizations that just needed to help companies at cheaper prices so they can, I don't know, uh, buy us some subscription or services um, in volume. Um, and but, but actually the one that, that we, 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 we get very quick is that other SaaS companies or tech companies are actually also dealing with acquisition, right? Uh, so not only uh, we, we hit two birds with one shot in the sense that uh, we could help them get more clients and we also can help each of our products be better. Um, I think that's like a very easy sell. Um, and of course, because we knew from, from the first source that our clients were dealing with accounting, taxes, banking, et cetera, we knew that our product need to include uh, most of them. In the case of Lexical Global, we not only help with company incorporation, but also with whatever you need to comply with local regulations, especially virtual offices and all this stuff, and also banking. Like, you know, you if you wanna create a startup, you need, the company to comply with everything and then have a bank account in order to receive payment for your users, right? Um, so um, what we did is that we implement some of the the, the, the different formulas that Ralph had just spoken about is that, uh, I don't know, with the Chilean bank, they pay us for every referred client, for other SaaS, we offer discounted price and we get a little uh, referral percentage. From other uh, more, I would say, um, I don't know, we start working with some companies and we've been working with us since the beginning. So nowadays we have an agreement that is a little more robust in the sense that not only we do cross-marketing between each other, uh, we have some events run together, uh, we publish content from them in our own blog, um, just to give um, our offer uses going, not only to our services, but also to them having access to their databases and so on. Um, so maybe I can speak a little about what we're doing nowadays is that um, because we are now entering the, in the phase that we understand how Chilean local companies are dealing with the problem, how some organizations are facing different problems, but just because they need to deal with all of this bunch of companies. Now we're dealing with the problem that how can you scale the company without uh, losing the quality of service that Lexco has. I don't want to have another legal provider uh, in that sense. So there's a huge problem because 
I will say that the Latin market and South American market, especially from Chile, Colombia, and some other small countries, is not as attractive enough for uh, a tech company. So you need to move very quickly to other markets just to open it and have access to a bigger uh, a serviceable market. So by what you don't want is to deal with five, four law firms in each of the countries you need to expand. So. Um, we were going to, okay, who are the organizations that are facing the same problem? Um, and in Chile, you have, for example, a government agency that is called ProChile, in which not only they fund uh, companies that need to expand Chilean services or, 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 or goods, uh, but they also give them advice about how to structure the company uh, go, uh, when they need to expand internationally. So, of course, we approach them and say, like, hey, how are you dealing with this? And yeah, we have some friends and law firms that help us, and they have the same problem as Startup Chile. So we say like, hey, I, maybe I can uh, create an automated product for each of the countries that you usually scale your operation to. Um, so let me know who are those. Uh, of course, I, I would love to have a chance to explain them to the current uh, supported companies, like, hey, you can have to access to these products. Um, and we can help you with a very accessible price. And you know you want. To, we know you want to spend your money on your clients, your product, not on legal. So this will make a lot of sense. And this is the, the last one of the last cases of use. Oh, Leo froze up a bit. Let's see if he comes back. I can always pop in. I was. I think he'll pop in right as I start talking, I bet. Um, I actually have thoughts on this as well. How do you find potential partners? I can tell you what I've done. So when I had an SEO, uh, it's a SaaS SEO keyword tool, I went to Google yeah. and I typed in SEO tools, uh, SEO rank trackers. I knew there were just affiliated things that we didn't overlap. And I sent a bunch of cold emails. I sent like 10 cold emails and I got like eight replies to do joint ventures. So SEO space is particularly suited for that, but it's also um, something I've seen work. The other thing we did is when I was trying to do it for Drip, which, you know, email service provider, the question that we sat down with the team in front of a whiteboard and I said, okay, we take in leads and we send emails. What happens before and what happens after in the process? Like what happens before taking in leads? One is you might have a landing page. Before that, you might have a pay-per-click or social media software that are trying to drive traffic to those landing pages. So those happen before. What happens after you get into um, you know, a, a system like Drip or a MailChimp? They receive emails and then what do you want them to do? Usually you want them to raise their hand to become a prospect or a lead and then they would go into CRM or you want them to buy something. And so then it's like, we'll integrate with Gumroad, PayPal, Stripe, you know, these are the afters. So that is also a cool diagram to have is what happens before your app in, in your ecosystem and what happens after. Not coincidentally, those start as partnerships longer term. If you really get big and expand, you'll start to build out or acquire apps that do those same things. So those are two quick thoughts um, that, that I have on it. Leo, we have, I'm glad you're back. We have another yeah, question sorry. for you. No, yeah, no problem. It's this is this is internet and this is this is doing it live. So Santiago <laughs> had a question. He says, "Do you have exclusivity with the accounting slash bookkeeping app that you mentioned, or do you have other, uh, you know, other relationships?" Yeah, um, in the beginning we didn't, just because we weren't focused on that. I think the first thing that you need to prove with your partners is that you are useful to them. Um, and you knew that you needed them to be on board uh, just because uh, the, your product is better. And when you didn't have them with you, you, you were just lacking that. 
Um, so when you start proving not only that you're helping them be a better product and also you are referring them a lot of clients, we get into that discussion very quickly. Um, so for example, uh, I know there's a lot of people that get into those details from the beginning. For me, it's a waste of time. Like I just prefer to go very light on paperwork and agreements at the beginning. And let's just uh, check this in two to three months just to see how everything is working out. And if the if, and if the feedback and, and data is positive, like I, I will just say straightforward, like, hey, what if we structured this? We have some uh, referral uh, commissions to each of them, and then we structure some sort of content plan in order to give them some activity to this partnership, which works very well. Um, and and the, the typical thing that you do is that if you close a lot of partnership, but you don't activate them, like they are completely useless. So we focus just on a couple of them that make a lot of sense to us. And then we put a lot of effort on making them useful for their portfolio company or members. Um, I remember that Startup Chill had tons of different perks, uh, but yeah, they didn't have any contact with them. Uh, maybe some of the bigger companies like Amazon, Facebook, they have not only they have this partnership with them, but they went, they traveled to Chile to give a workshop on some stuff. So in, 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 in some sort of sense, they were active on the community and people were interested in working with them and sort of that. So we did the same, exactly the same for not only for these accelerators and incubators, but also with our other companies that we work together. We try to give work, uh, talks and workshops together, create content that makes a lot of sense for our users. Uh, for the accounting status, uh, how to deal with legal, and for the legal uh, users, how to deal with accounting. And of course, we refer those products when we speak about uh, those issues. So um, yeah, I think that my advice will, will be in those lines that, that I wouldn't fixate myself too much on these details, but I will, if, if things are working, working very well and you can quantify how many clients you're referring to them, I will go into those details when you have that data. All right, and our last question for Leo is how do you get a partnership going if someone has a partner covering that solution already? For example, our product is a website builder for fitness professionals, but a lot of potential larger partners have a web agency partnership already in place. So they're working with a cons you know, consulting firm who's already basically doing that for them. But I know our product would be way better for their clients as well as the partner too. Do you try to muscle them out? or just focus on building a relationship to start. So it's an interesting question, right? There's yeah. almost like a gatekeeper that that and that agent those agencies are really good at building long-term relationships and good at enterprise sales or larger ticket consulting sales. So agencies may have 10, 20, 30 clients and you know, I think that the thought process here is do you go to each of those end clients and try to sell them on the solution that their agency is going to say, yeah, don't use that because that's essentially going to make them moot? Or do you go to the agency route and try to convince the agency, um, try to build something, you know, that that they potentially need? It's a very specific question, so don't feel like you have to, you know, answer it in that context. But I think in general, what what are your thoughts on there before we wrap? Yeah. Um, I, I think I have never had to deal with agencies that represent some other solutions, but of course I've been getting to the same places which other law firms or legal alternative legal solutions already arrived. And the only way uh, that, that I was able to muscle out uh, those competitors was, of course, because, because there wasn't so many legal uh, tech solutions, just because how your works and your pricing was from uh, like point one, very effective. And second is that we were able, we were not only able, but we wanted to spend time understanding very clearly what was the problem that we're facing. 
um, each of these organizations and then create a product that solves them. Um, and of course, you can do this with everything, with everyone, but at the beginning, the first couple of years made a lot of sense for us because we wanted to be the best ones dealing with tech companies in the country. Um, and of course, they were the main source, not only of, of clients, but also information about what we need to build in order to solve these problems. Um, so, um, and, and this is a lot of little details about why they decided to go with Let's Go instead of, I don't know, the, the big law firms or some other cool alternative legal providers. Just, just because, I don't know, uh, we spoke the same language, we understand the problems startups we're facing because we're also facing them ourselves. Um, we were very transparent on the product we we're building is, was to facilitate legal, not to be just or these organizations via another channel. We wanted to build a product that we know we could make more money offering legal advice on this, but we wanted to create your product just because we want everyone to have access to them. Um, so we didn't choose this discourse or, or pitch just because we knew it was effective. We truly believe about that. Um, and I know this is not uh, like very concise advice about how to live with this, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure that was the reason why we were so effective. Um, every time we do any kind of activity or or building a specific product for them, like uh, the portfolio founders and companies, uh, they could relate to us in a way they couldn't with law firms. And I think this is when you get a little more about branding and how how your company brand talks to your users, etc. Uh, but I think that was one of the cool things we did for, uh, from the beginning. So for us, it wasn't a problem to close partnership because our founding team and the marketing, we were able to spend a lot of time just helping this very specific uh, group of users, uh, which is which sounds counter, uh, so, so, sounds weird because you're focused on a very small market, but you want them to love your solution. And I think that's always very effective. All right. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us today. Um, and we are going to, well, folks want to keep up with you online. Are you on Twitter? Where, where can they? Uh, you know, keep up with what you're up yeah, to. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in Twitter. Um, I think it's Leo Variantos P. Um, you can also get me on LinkedIn. I think it's a little easier. Um, please don't write me Leonardo Leo. It's more than enough. Uh, Latin names <laughs> could be difficult, especially with pronunciation. Uh, but your, sp awesome. your Spanish was pretty cool, Rob. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I think that that's like five <laughs> or six years of Spanish class in um, in California schools. So I think it served me well. Awesome. Thanks again for, for joining me today, Leo. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you all. Take care, guys. Thanks again for joining me this week. As a reminder, tickets are on sale for MicroConf Local in Boston and MicroConf Growth in Europe. Head to microconf.com if you're interested. And with that, I'll be back in your earbuds again next week.